On today's episode, I am answering all of your wedding food, beverage, and alcohol-related questions. From the different types of bar packages to different menu do's and don'ts, I'm talking about all of it, guys, and this is another short but super-packed episode, so let's get to it. Listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to thank the sponsors of our podcast. The first sponsor is Lovestream. Lovestream is a one-way, high-definition, high-quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're part of the audience at your wedding, even if they're just sitting on their couch at home. They just click your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone or camera settings. It's designed to be as easy to use for your grandma as it is for all your techie friends. If you want to interact with your guests after your ceremony, Lovestream also offers a Zoom reception option. And for any of you all that are planning a destination wedding after the pandemic, they now offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. They also give you guys, the couples, plenty of attention and help. You can talk with their team and have a meeting before you buy, and they also have a live chat function on their website, which I think is awesome. Any website that has live chat is the best, and they'll answer any question you have before you book or even after. To get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com backslash lovestream and enter the code ASK10, that's A-S-K-10, for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com backslash lovestream and use our code ASK10 for 10% off any Lovestream virtual wedding package. The next sponsor of our podcast is Zola. Zola is the next generation of wedding registry, combining gifts, experiences, and cash funds all in one place. One of the things I love about Zola is that they seamlessly link your wedding website and registry. Also, after you set up your registry on Zola, they'll hold your gifts until you're ready to receive them. Maybe you live in the city in a small condo and don't have a ton of extra space like we did, or you're in the process of buying a home and don't want to move all of those gifts from your current place. Whatever it is, Zola won't send your packages until you're ready for them. And if you change your mind and don't want the gift, they make it super easy to get store credit and the gift giver will never know. No more driving to the store to get gift cards that you're going to forget anyways. Zola also makes group gifting super easy for bigger ticket items. Finally, Zola will give you 20% off any remaining gifts on your registry for six months after you say I do. This is way more than most other retailers who only let you use that kind of discount once. Zola lets you use it multiple times for six months. To start building your wedding website and registry, visit verveventco.com backslash Zola. 
The final sponsor of our podcast is another registry that my couples love, which is Honey Fund. Honey Fund helps couples realize their wedding and honeymoon dreams by allowing guests to contribute money towards once-in-a-lifetime experiences, down payments for your first home, and even your favorite charities, which I think is awesome. Guys, I say this all the time, but life is too short to waste it on moments without meeting. What better way to begin your life together as a newly married couple and the end of the pandemic than with the most amazing trip ever? My husband and I honeymooned in Italy, and it is still one of our favorite experiences today, and we've been married for almost 12 years. To get inspired and check out the most sought-after honeymoon destinations, visit verveventco.com backslash honeyfund. And now, on with today's episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me on another episode. Today's topic is super exciting for me because I kind of talk about it a lot and I'm super passionate about it because there's so many different little things that I care a lot about and it's your food and alcohol and beverages and this is an important topic because your food and alcohol take up a really big percentage of your budget depending on your total wedding budget it can be 30 to 45 percent of just your budget so that's a lot It's a big majority of your spend a lot of times, so I wanted to give this topic some good attention today. I'm sure it's going to open up even more questions for you guys, so if you have any questions, always feel free to DM me or send me a message, and I'm happy to answer them. Putting together your wedding menu and figuring out the logistics of your food, alcohol, and catering can be pretty intricate and does require a bit of thought and attention. This part of your wedding, unfortunately, takes more than just tasting food and deciding what you like and you don't like. Whether you're searching for a caterer or you've already booked one and signed the contract, this episode will give you a lot to think about and chew on, haha, and help you decide just what kind of meal you want to serve and the type of caterer you're going to want to work with. Whether you're having a rustic backyard wedding or a formal, elegant dinner in a ballroom, all of these questions are going to apply. Some of these questions I'm going to share with you today is also included in one of my products in the resource shop, the wedding vendor email templates and interview questions. But this episode talks specifically about your catering questions and dives deeper into that. However, guys, if you've ever wondered what questions you should be asking a specific vendor, knowing that there are lots of important things you might be missing, definitely check out my wedding vendor email templates and interview questions. All you need to do is literally copy and paste them from my document into your email and you will be well on your way. And you're going to be so happy to know that you did ask the right questions and you also saved yourself so much time. You can find the bundle at shop.verveventco.com and as always if you're driving or working out literally I would love to know where you guys are listening to my episodes because it would be super fun but anyways you can get the show notes at verveventco.com backslash 29 that's 29 for the highlights and any links that I might mention and of course to hear the replay okay so now On to today's topic, which is wedding catering questions and answers. First, we're going to talk about the service or the type of wedding you're going to have and your guest count. One of the most basic questions you need to ask when it comes to your wedding catering is what kind of meal are you serving and how many guests are going to be attending? 
So when you reach out to a caterer, this is going to be one of the first questions they will ask you so they can put together a proper proposal. Because you're going to probably say, hey, are you available on my date? By the way, how much is it going to cost? And they're going to say, I don't know. What do you want? So pricing for a four-course dinner for 200 guests is going to look and cost very differently from a buffet with chicken and pasta for 120 guests. It's just economics. So you don't necessarily have to decide your menu right away, but it is a good idea to have at least a type of meal that you want to serve so that they can put together something that's at least in the ballpark of what you're looking for. Next, let's talk about alcohol. What kind of bar are you going to have? Do you want to serve just beer and wine or would you like a full bar with liquor? Do you want top shelf liquor or something a little bit less expensive? The type and variety of beers, liquors, and wines you would like to offer as well as the price is going to affect the per person price of your alcohol package. Usually caters or venues, depending on who has the liquor license, are going to have different tiers and you're going to select a package from one of those tiers. Most of those packages will probably start with their house brand or the cheapest beer and wine and probably only beer and wine and no liquor if that's what you would like. Then you can add the next level, which would be your house brand liquors. And these are going to be the less expensive liquors in addition to beer and wine. The third level or tier would probably be your call brands of beer, wine, and liquor. Call brands, meaning call and quotes, are usually specific names of spirits providers like Grey Goose Vodka or Bombay Sapphire Gin, Tangeray, the ones that are more specific and you, you, know, you, you associate with a specific brand. Also, something to think about is do you want to serve a signature cocktail? Did you have anything in mind as far as the cocktail or do you want their mixologist to craft something special for you? That would be something that you should include if that's something that's important to you guys. Going along with alcohol, how many hours is the bar going to be open? You will have an hour for your cocktail hour before the reception. Then you might close it during dinner and then decide to reopen it for after dinner. You can definitely keep it open for a certain number of hours while everyone's dancing, or you can choose to switch from an open bar and or a hosted bar. Those are basically the same things, but an open bar, a hosted bar is where you, the host, pays for all of the alcohol. Or you can switch to a cash bar where the guest then pays for that for their drinks. But be careful if you have only a cash bar, some venues or caterers will charge you for each bartender. So just make sure you know the different price packages. Or you can choose to do a combination of the two where it's a host bar for three or four hours and then the last bar you switch to a cash bar. So stuff to think about for your food and alcohol. Next, let's talk about tastings. Now, if you're not familiar with tastings or you're new to the wedding and event world, tastings are where caterers will allow you to sample their food prior to your wedding day. Tastings can happen in larger group settings where the caterer has an open house type of event and serves everything on their menu and allows couples the the chance to taste everything. The cocktails, maybe not the cocktails, well, some of the cocktails, the signature cocktails for sure, your appetizers for your cocktail hour, certain displays they will put together, and then obviously your main meal, like your salad, your entrees, and possibly your desserts. 
if you're listening to this podcast in 2021, they're probably not happening like this open house uh, type setting because of the pandemic, but hopefully those days will be behind us soon. Other caterers choose not to have open house type events and they opt to have private tastings with just a couple and maybe two or possibly three guests. And this will have a more focused menu of only a few options that you guys pre-select prior to the tasting for each category. And this allows you guys to choose between your final favorites and what you're really, really wanting to serve. So you'll choose one or two options for a salad, maybe a starter course, and then two or three options for your entree, possibly a dessert. It all just depends on the caterer. I actually recommend that my couples only have a tasting with their chosen caterer. That means after they have signed the contract, about three to six months prior to their wedding date. But some caterers don't allow that option. Other caterers will allow a private tasting prior to you booking them. And if you sign them, they will put the cost of the tasting towards your final bill. It all just depends. I think it's best to choose a caterer based on their menu options and their pricing. And then you can fine tune the actual menu that you serve at your tasting and then in the conversations leading up to the tasting and then leading up to your wedding day. As you are emailing with them to decide on the pricing and what kind of services they offer, etc., this is going to give you a good idea prior to choosing them when you're working with them on this part, how they're going to be with you during the planning process. And that's going to give you an idea also if you're going to want to work with them or not. You'll also be able to tell from their menus um, and their pricing, are they more rustic? Do they, are they really good at family style? Are they more formal? What are their strengths? You know, how, how do people often choose their menus? All of that kind of stuff. Also, do they respond to your emails quickly? Does it take a few days? Are they also willing to make changes and be flexible or do they follow set menus and pricing? It all varies from one caterer to the next. So the selection process is going to help you decide which vibe and type of caterer you're going to want to work with. Okay, so now that you've chosen your caterer, let's talk about the questions you should be asking prior to and at your tasting. At my tastings, I bring a whole agenda and a list of questions to finalize the details prior to the wedding. This is another reason why I like having a private tasting in person with just the caterer and the couple, as opposed to sitting at one table in a room with many other couples where there's a lot of distractions. I also like to have this as a conversation with the caterer in person because it tends to bring up other questions that both sides will have. So I'm going to share with you all a lot of the questions from my own tasting agenda with you today on this episode. Now, it's important to discuss these questions with your caterer to make sure everyone's on the same page and to help you decide what to serve. These will also help you talk through a lot of the logistics of the day and not just the food and wine that's going to be served. So Assuming that you've already chosen um, what you're going to taste at the tasting based on what the caterer allows or what options they have, here are the questions that you could be thinking about or talking about with them. So before the wedding or at your tasting, definitely ask your caterer these questions. First, when is the final guarantee due? So the final guarantee is the number that confirms to your caterer how many actual guests are coming and the number of meals that you need and that they're going to be preparing. 
after you provide this number, you usually cannot go down or decrease it anymore. So this is the minimum number of people you're going to be serving. You might, depending on the caterer, be able to go up, but only by a small amount if any, as they've already ordered the food. So it's hard for them to order the food, especially if they're coming on site, and then whip up 10 extra meals. They just don't have that that amount of food lying around. If they're maybe a hotel or have a restaurant on site, it's possible they can go up a little bit more. So I would just double check when you're giving that number, if you need to go up by how many can you go up by. Also, don't forget to feed your venues, guys. Anyone that's there during the meal should receive a hot meal. Your vendors work super, super hard, and they've probably been on their feet for 10 hours, and they're exhausted, and a short break to just eat, recharge is very much appreciated. And of course, for both your guests and your vendors, definitely make sure you confirm ahead of time if there are if there are any allergies or dietary restrictions. Finally, ask them when are they, the caterer, arriving to set up and begin prepping. Um, You want to make sure that they arrive at a good time, not during the ceremony because you don't want any distractions, all that kind of stuff. Next, for the cocktail hour, here are some questions you should be thinking about and you can discuss with your caterer. First, how will the food be displayed or passed? Again, this is for your cocktail hour. So if you are displaying the food like as a buffet or like a pretty cheese and charcuterie display, who is providing the tables and linens for these displays? Sometimes it's the caterer, sometimes it's the venue. So it just depends. So make sure you're clarifying that. And if anything is being passed, I despise anything that is served on a stick or leaves the guest with trash. It's just not elegant to have to be stuck with a napkin and a stick while you look for a place to put it. I mean, you guys have probably been there and experienced this. You take a bite, you chew on it, there's a toothpick or there's a spoon, and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Where do I put it? Sometimes the server will wait with their tray and you can put it back on their tray. It's kind of awkward though too because they're just sitting there watching you eat. But it's also annoying to have a piece of trash just sitting in your hand while you finish the conversation as you look around for a drop table to drop it on. So I always just like to have things that can be picked up, popped into my mouth, and then nothing is left behind. I also don't like stuff on bones, again, for the same reasons. It's just not elegant to see people chewing meat off of a bone. And again, it leaves trash or a bone to dispose of. If you're having a rustic backyard wedding, sure, fine, have like some drumsticks. But again, it's annoying. Those are just my opinions. Have them at another function, not at your wedding. But anyways, I digress. You also want to make sure when you're choosing your menu for your cocktail hour that you choose different vegetarian and meat options based on the majority of what your guests are going to like. I like to have one heartier option that's usually like a meat, like a meat potatoes or something that's heavier, something that's lighter, like a canapé or something with vegetables, and then something for your vegetarian people, because you want to make sure you're giving something for everybody. And then next, moving on to the dinner menu, here are some questions you should be asking yourself when you're choosing your menu. How formal do we want the wedding to feel? Is it going to be super formal with four courses or five courses, or is it going to be a little bit more relaxed? Do you want just three courses? So salad, entree, and then your cake all those those questions, you want more people dancing on the dance floor, all that stuff. Also, are you picking items that the majority of your guests will like? This is similar to your cocktail hour, but 
it's okay to be a little adventurous with your menu, especially if it's, you know, it's super important to you and you really like being adventurous and creative with your meal. But depending on your guests, you have to remember that you're going to need to serve something that will be well-received by most of your guests. So keep that in mind. I wouldn't go too crazy with everything, but have some options. And I think you you can have some more some more safe options and then some more adventurous options. And also, I do recommend that you avoid picking items that people have strong aversions to, like raw onions or even blue cheese my or strong garlic. My former boss many moons ago did not like blue cheese. I usually enjoy it, but I do agree that it can be a little fragrant at times. And then some people find it like too much garlic or onion breath, a little offensive. So that's just something to think about. Um, Just think about, you know, your personal preferences to what you really like and what you don't like. Of course, there are going to be many other questions that come up during and after your tasting, but hopefully all of these questions I've covered are the main points and this will help you feel good about all of your wedding catering questions moving forward and you can always ask me for more clarity or you can talk with your caterer about it too and how they handle things specifically. So even though today's episode was pretty short, it was still full of a ton of questions and probably sparked new ones in your head. Before I wrap up today's episode, I will repeat for you guys um, a couple of the main questions we, we discussed today that will help you better plan for a memorable and delicious wedding. So question one, what kind of meal are you serving? Formal or casual? And how many guests will there be? That's super important. What kind of bar are you going to have is question two. Hosted or open bar where you pay for it or a cash bar where the guest pays for it or a combination of the two and for how long? Question three, how does the caterer handle tastings and is there a fee to attend one? Also, how many guests are allowed to attend the tasting? Four, when is your final guarantee due and by how much can you increase the guarantee by? Five, when is the caterer arriving on the day of the wedding? Six, how will the food be served at cocktail hour? And finally, seven, when picking out your menu, have you chosen a variety of options to satisfy a majority of your wedding guests? All right. I hope that this short episode gave you some insight on your wedding food, beverages, and alcohol. Your wedding catering is so important as everyone looks forward to the meal, and it can also significantly impact the way your guests experience and enjoy your wedding. While you can take the simpler route when it comes to flowers or decor, if you skimp on your food and alcohol, guests will more likely notice than if you spend less on flowers or your escort card display. So choose your menu wisely. If you have any questions on this topic or any others, guys, I'm always more than happy to answer them. So send me a DM on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast. I love responding to you all with voice text, and I think you guys like it too. If you want any more help asking your venue and vendors the right questions, do grab my wedding vendor email templates and interview questions bundle in the resource shop so you always know what to ask each vendor when you're interviewing them. Plus, I include helpful tips and things to know when it comes to booking your hotels, caters, and transportation, so it's super helpful. You can find that at shop.verveventco.com. 
And as always, if there's something that you're looking for that's not in the shop, just let me know. I love creating new resources for you guys that will help you get the answers that you need. And if you need even more help with your wedding planning, I'm only a phone call away. Or if you're in the New York, upstate New York or Pennsylvania area, I would love to work with you. So set up a clarity call with me at verveventco.com or fill out my contact form at verveventco.com backslash contact. Finally, guys, please, I would love it if you leave a review for the podcast if you liked and enjoyed this episode. Reviews are so helpful to us podcasters. I do share them on the Instagram feed, as you probably have noticed, um, because it does help other listeners find the show. And when they hear what you guys like about it, it's more likely going to cause them to want to listen. So I love it when you guys leave me reviews. It just means the world to me. That is it for today's episode. Next week's episode will be another Wedding Tip Wednesday with questions that will help you get your planning back on track. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.